Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Daily Bolt with your host, Dr. Jeff Tilley. Today's topic, societal collapse in two decades? Well, maybe not. Sit back and relax and enjoy today's Daily Bolt. So today's episode, uh, which is the last before the series that will start on the Iowa Derecho tomorrow, is based off of a post in the Daily Bolt podcast group by one of our members named Melanie Mosley. Uh, she asked me a few weeks ago to look into this article uh, from the IFL Science website, which I had actually never heard of before, uh, and that Uh, Be as it may, uh, they were talking about an article that was recently published in a sub-journal of the Nature Science Journal. This sub-journal is called Scientific Reports. And it had a very alarming uh, sensationalistic headline saying that society is basically doomed in about two decades, uh, thanks to deforestation. And uh, with a bleak, sensationalist type of headline like that, that got my attention. I took a brief look at the article and saw that it would take a bit more examination to really dig into and look at exactly what the authors had done. So uh, the authors work in uh, a sub-area of mathematics known as complex systems modeling. And the idea there is to take uh, basically very broad brush views of the Earth's climate uh, system and human systems actually combined in this particular uh, approach uh, and uh, basically try and reduce them to a uh, system of relatively simple model uh, modeling equations. Um, And relatively simple does not mean the research is easy and can be done on the back of an envelope in an hour. It does take a certain bit of work to do all this. And in this particular case, the researchers combined both what we call a deterministic model, which basically says if you have A and B makes A turn into C, that gives you basically a deterministic one solution account. Uh, Many uh, numerical weather prediction models that just one model itself would be considered deterministic. It gives you one solution of the weather based on input conditions. So that's one type of model, and they also used a statistical model that dealt with technology. And uh, the model equations are not particularly complex. Uh, If you put them up against the equations that are used in a modern numerical weather prediction model, they seem very, very simple indeed. But with this branch of mathematics called complex systems modeling, you can do a fair bit by representing uh, processes in very broad terms. And so the idea here is that they're looking at the variable of deforestation combined with technological advancement. And this is where some of the modeling, um, in terms of the assumptions that they produce, well, they use, uh, it, the assumptions produce kind of the result that they, they seem to be expecting. And that brings up a very important point that with a lot of research, um, sometimes if you're convinced that something is going to be the case, you can often find a mathematical way to prove it. And that seems to be my take on this particular article. 
one of the things that is stated very early in the article, which is true, is that deforestation does cause changes to the global system. You remove trees, trees produce oxygen. There's less oxygen, there's less carbon dioxide taken up. It changes the climate uh, balance of the planet if you do enough deforestation. And uh, the authors come up with a figure from what they think was the original amount of forest prior to human civilization. This is an estimate. It's not like we have satellite imagery that goes back thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Uh, it can go back even millions of years. And we, we don't really have a good picture of it. We just have proxy evidence. And proxy evidence is limited, and you have to be careful how you interpret it. Nonetheless, they've used that as a baseline for how much forest they believe existed on the planet before humans were around. Uh, it's a, and uh, the amount of forest they think we currently have is about two-thirds of that original amount, so that we've deforested one-third of the original forest on the planet. Um, that's one assumption to begin with. Um, and whether that's you know, exactly correct... Yes, it can be tied back in reference to previous work, but that previous work has its own limitations. So let's start with that grain of salt right there. When we get into the details of the study, there are some significant issues that I take with making this much more than a theoretical exercise. First, it assumes that deforestation will continue at current levels without any change. It's, it's assumed, effectively, a constant rate of deforestation. That assumption may play out. It may not play out. Um, certainly, uh, <clears throat> there is enough concern about deforestation in certain corners of the world that it has... Uh, prompted efforts to try and slow it down. Uh, this occurs largely in industrialized countries. Uh, there have been wide swaths of Canada and the U.S. that have, not, that have been deforested, but they have been replanted. And there are actually some very healthy areas of forest now that have come about because of all that in what we call the northern or the boreal forest. Uh, whether those have been taken into account, uh, I don't know. It's not clear from the article. The carrying capacity of the planet is also assumed constant, and it is assumed a number that is surprisingly small. Right now, the estimated population of the planet is somewhere around 7.5, 7.6 billion people, and their estimate of the carrying capacity of the planet is only another 2.5 billion people. Whether that is realistic or not, yes, the authors cite a 2002 study with that number in it, but uh, we have made advances in uh, technologies to produce food. Uh, we have in introduced certain efficiencies in certain corners of the world. It is unclear whether that number is realistic or not, based on what's happened between now and two decades ago. Uh, I can't give you that. But it seems uh, a low number, and, it, and as a constant, it also seems unrealistic because we do have new technology that should improve carrying capacity, and that is not included in the technological modeling. Um, 
A lot of the equations here are based on a study that looked at the inhabitants of Easter Island, which is a very small fraction of the Earth's surface, and they claim that the issue is the fact that, well, the inhabitants couldn't leave Easter Island. I don't totally understand that argument. I haven't read the, that particular study. It would seem to me that they would have eventually been able to find some way off the island, uh, even if it's boats coming in from other uh, parts of South America that would have explored it. Regardless, um, the idea here is can we uh, survive on this planet or uh, can we develop uh, a technology to move us off the planet in enough time before we come to a collapse? And it's the author's uh, statement almost from the outset that that answer has to be no because deforestation will will make any uh, discussion of climate change obsolete. So we've got a couple things already that are questionable. Uh, <clears throat> we have issues with the technology um, and its relationship to deforestation that I take big exception with. Uh, the tech advancement is assumed to can basically continue fall along, following along Moore's Law, which basically says that uh, you've got a very rapid growth of technology uh, that has started. We're on an exponential curve, and it will continue on. Um, the relationship with, with, between technology and deforestation, however, is my biggest beef with this particular study. It assumes that deforestation will accelerate as technology improves and increases. Uh, and the reason I take exception with that is because of the fact that with most areas now that are undergoing rapid deforestation, it has nothing to do with technology. It has to do a lot with what has caused a lot of deforestation, particularly in the tropics, in the first place, which is a slash-and-burn approach to agriculture. Agriculture, slash-and-burn, is a very old, non-tech method of agriculture where you basically clear all the forest, you burn it down, uh, or you cut it down, mostly uh, burn in many uh, parts of the world, you plant crops, and because in the tropical soils, they're not that well suited to crop raising. They are suited to growing the forests that were there in the first place. The crops can be farmed for a few years. They don't use a lot of fertilizer because that's too expensive in these poor parts of uh, the tropics. And then they move on and they clear another section of land. Uh, and even uh, corporations do this but it's not related to technological advancement at all. It's a totally separate process. To tie the two together is a horrible assumption, and in my opinion, it invalidates the entire study. Uh, and so I would not start running around screaming like Greta Thunberg or AOC or any of the other people that the sky is falling in 20 years because of deforestation. Uh, Frankly, uh, that relationship between deforestation and technology is not even, to me, not even close to being realistic because of what causes deforestation. In fact, in the countries where you have the higher technologies is where you have the replanting, you have the reforestation going on. None of that is accounted for in this simplistic model. 
So the sky is not falling. Uh, 20 years uh, left uh, for civilization seems, uh, you know, a very, very broad overreach. And I find it odd that in the closing parts of the article, it's more becomes more of a political philosophy and a statement where they basically say, we must totally change the world. Uh, there must not be an economic uh, drive to the world. Economics shouldn't matter. Uh, we t- need to totally change the entire world's culture immediately. Sound familiar? You should. You've probably heard it on some newscast within the last uh, year or so. Uh, and so to me, this seems like an instance where the authors wanted to show something and they found a way to show it, even though some of the basic underlying assumptions make little sense. Uh, so don't panic. Just like uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book uh, series written by Douglas Adams, the so-called guide for open the first page, it says, don't panic. That's all for today's Daily Bolt. Tomorrow we begin the series on the Iowa Derecho. I will try to have this up in both video and audio formats. It's probably going to be three to four podcasts that I'm going to break this up into, which would take us through the rest of the week. Uh, For now, I'm Dr. Jeff Tilley. Good night, good morning, good afternoon, and stay safe.